right. Hey, here we are at the Being a Dad on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Benavides, and we are here with uh, Jim Uren from uh, Phase 3 Advisory Services. He is our certified financial planner professional from Buffalo Grove, Illinois, going to be speaking on our monthly financial segment. And so I'm excited to have him here with us. So Jim, thank you for joining us again this month. Thank you, Bobby. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, I am, you know, um, it was good having you on uh, last month. We'll talk about um, budgeting and we got some good responses on that. People were really engaged in that conversation. So that's great. great. Um, and so it's good to know that we're going to be able to kind of pick your brain on ideas going forward. So I'm glad that you're here. Yeah, it's exciting. So today, yeah. So today we were going to be talking about um, planning for the future, college planning. We had some questions that were asked. Like, so when we are investing for the future of our children? What are some good options? And so um, you have some great thoughts and some great um, resources. So I, I'll just let you kind of talk about them first. So, um, well, let me actually, I'll go ahead and bring up some of them that I know, and then we can talk about them. So sure. um, the, let's talk about the 529 first, because that's the one that everybody knows about. Everybody goes to. Um, so what are some pros and cons of the 529? What exactly is it? How does it work? And um, that kind of thing. Good question. Yeah, that's probably the most commonly used college savings uh, account. The 529 is really a federally um, created tax account that is implemented by the state. So it's a little unusual, like an IRA, the federal government creates it, everyone's under the same rules. But uh, the 529 is allowed by the federal government, but each state can kind of create um, somewhat of their own rules. They're all treated very similarly from a federal tax standpoint, in fact, identically. So in a 529 plan, you can put money in, and that money is put in for the benefit of a particular child when you open the account. Um, and so, however, that child, you can change that. So for example, if your oldest gets a full ride scholarship to Harvard, you can change the beneficiary on his or her 529 account and now make it available to another child or other children. So you have some flexibility on who the money is gonna be spent on. However, the money in the account is designated for primarily college. It can be used partially for K through 12 uh, private education, but generally college. And so that's the piece that's not flexible. Once money's in the account, it's really used for education purposes. And so uh, once it's in the account, some of the, the cons you asked about would be um, there's a lot less investment flexibility in a 529, both in terms of the uh, variety of investment choices you can make and how often you can make investment changes. So that's one of the drawbacks. Um, and sometimes the investment uh, options can be it can can vary in terms of the quality or the uh, the expenses to invest in a 529 plan. Okay. So with the 529, then when when it comes to the interest rates and that kind of thing that you receive in, um, I guess like a return on investment in a sense, um, like what is the is that defined by each state then? So each state tells you this is what you're going to be, or is it a set standard for everyone? So the 529 is uh, an investment account. So you can think similar to like your 401k at work in that the investment rate of return you receive is going to totally vary based on the investment elections you make. So you could get very conservative. Some of these even have a cash option where it's a money market. So really the risk is very, very tiny. Uh, and some of them and most of them have some sort of more aggressive uh, investment options. So uh, in terms of the investment rate of return you get, um, that 
almost is a different conversation because you can invest aggressively or conservatively, conservatively within any of these accounts. Now in the 529, of course, you're, you're a little bit more limited. And they do have mm -hmm. uh, in most of these what's called an age-based option, whereby you basically tell them the age of your child and they will uh, start for younger children investing more aggressively since there's more time until college begins. And then as the child gets older, they will basically start to reduce the amount of stock exposure, increase the amount of more of the fixed income exposure and reduce that risk as the kids get closer to the actual college date. So then um, some other options that you've shared um, you know, you, you gave me some information to kind of bring into this picture. And so you have a Coverdell education savings account. Um, explain that to me. Yeah. So the Coverdell education savings account is um, not used very often. Uh, and, and I don't think I've used it in many years for most people. So it used to be called when it was first uh, put into place an education IRA. It predated, predated the 529 plan. So it was kind of a first round attempt at that. And before the 529 came into existence, it wasn't a bad option. Um, it is limited. You can only put $2,000 in there per child. So there's not a whole lot you can put into it. Um, that's one of the drawbacks. The other drawback is there is an income limit uh, that you have. So if your income exceeds a certain amount, and it's it's fairly high, it's you know I'm, you know a couple hundred thousand I think for even an individual. Um, but then you can no longer put in it. And once the child turns 30, that money's got to have been taken out of the account. One of the perks is it is totally available for K through 12 education. But again. Uh, even when the 529 first came out, that was not available at all for K through 12 education. So, you know, a lot of the benefits of the Coverdell, which it's it's now called the Coverdell Education Savings Account, uh, have really gone by the wayside. So, practically speaking, it's it's not often the best for for people, but in some cases, it's certainly uh, an option that you have. Um, and then, so then you you also have uh, the idea of a custodial account. So. Um... The abbreviations that I see here, I'm going to have you tell me what the abbreviations are because you have UTMA sure. and UGMA. What, what, what do those stand for? What do they mean? Yes. So it used to be that uh, in order to basically give money to your child, you had to be pretty wealthy and hire an attorney to create a trust, you know, that would kind of put things in a place for you and give you all the perks of the, uh, uh, the tax advantages, et cetera. Uh, but a number of years ago, pretty much every state adop adopted what's either called a uniform transfer to minors account or a, um, uh, that's the UTMA, or a uniform gift to minors account, virtually the same thing. Um, but essentially what that is, is that's simply putting money in the name of your child. So that's where mom and dad open up the account. The child's social security number is actually on that account form. And that child is responsible for the taxes that are generated as a result of that account. Now, how does that differ from a 529? Well, first of all, that money is the child. So in a 529, you have the option of kind of changing the beneficiary and moving it to another child or even a close family member. You don't have that flexibility at all in a UTMA or saving money in the child's name. Once that money is given, that's an irrevocable gift to that child. And all that money has to be sent, spent on the benefit of that child. You can't spend it. You can't reimburse yourself for things like, you know, feeding your kid or housing them. You're kind of on the hook for that as mom and dad, but you do have to spend it for their benefit. So there's no flexibility on who the money is spent on, like there is in the 529. However, unlike the 529, there's complete flexibility on 
what that money is spent on. In other words, you don't have to use that for your child's college education. You can use that to um, send your kid to band camp, or you can use it for, you know, giving them money for, uh, you know, a laptop or a car, you know, anything like that. So you've got lots of flexibility in terms of how the money is spent, but not who it is spent on. Now, the tax advantages of a UTMA have kind of been reduced over time due to legislation. But the main tax advantage here is that it's highly likely that your child is in a lower tax bracket than you are. And so on a, uh, let's say an investment in an account that's um, you know, creating some dividends or interest payments every quarter, uh, rather than pay those, pay, make those payments and have to pay tax at mom and dad's rate, you can pay that at the child's rate. And there are there's lots of limitations. There's only so much of this you can do. I mean, the IRS doesn't allow you to just kind of offload all your taxes on your child, but that's the real benefit. You can, you can open up a decent amount of money and practically speaking, in most cases, have the child pay little to no income tax. Now, one big caveat you need to keep in mind, and that may be a downside for some people, is that in a UTMA or UGMA account, once that child hits the age of majority, and now that varies by state, it can be 18 or 21, that money is completely the child's. You as mom or dad have no more control over that money. And so if the child want, hits that 18 or 21, depending on your state, and they want to take all that money and go to Vegas, there's nothing you can do about it. So that's one thing to keep in mind. So those are the kind of the three most common accounts. Um, other questions, Bobby, or do you want me to hop into the, the fourth option on our list? So, so let's, let me ask that question about the UTMA sure. real quick then, because so if, um, so you can't even put a, you can't even put a restriction yourself on that. So you can't say, Hey, we're going to go ahead and put the money in this UTMA, UGMA account, uh, 18, maybe making it older for them to access the money. Can you do something like that or no? No, you cannot do that. If you want to do that, that's where you would have to get an attorney and put together a trust. And that would give you a lot more control over it. Um, okay. This law was simply passed so that kind of everyday Americans, those of us who aren't multimillionaires, you know, have an easy way of, of gifting money to our child. And there's, there's other tax advantages potentially. So for example, let's say you have, a, let's say you've owned Apple stock in your account for a number of years and it's really gone up in value. And if you sell it, you're going to get hit with a pretty big capital gain. You could actually take some of those shares of Apple and gift them to your child through a UTMA account. And then when the child sells them, they would still be responsible for the capital gain, but likely still pay a lot lower income tax on that gain than you would. So that's just one potential strategy that you could that you could use with a with a UTMA. All right. So then let's go ahead and talk about the last one, regular taxable account. Sure. Yep. So um, the last account is probably, in my opinion, the most overlooked. So uh, a lot of times people want to set aside money for college and they automatically assume that you have to choose, let's say, a 529 or a UTMA account or a covered education savings account. That's not the case. You can actually just set aside money in an account with your name on it, either as an individual or as a, let's say, a couple, a joint account. Um, and the advantage of that is there is zero restrictions. 
there's zero restrictions on how you use, how you invest that money. The, no one's telling you what to do about it. The only real drawback of that account is that there are no tax advantages. So these other accounts we've talked about today, Bobby, have a number of tax advantages. And so if you're, let's say, in a really low tax bracket and you're not really paying much in taxes, you may not want to open up any of these other accounts because it's just going to tie your hands in terms of restrictions without any real benefit. However, if you're in a very high tax bracket, uh, you may want to consider one of these other accounts because what you're giving up may be more than compensated for you in terms of tax savings. But um, yeah, so no restrictions on who the money is spent for if it's in your name, no restriction on how the money is spent. But again, no tax, no tax advantage uh, on those. And then there is different treatment on all four of these when it comes to financial aid. And so that's the other thing you'll want to keep in mind. And again, we're talking about need-based financial aid. And so um, money that is saved in the name of a child, like through a UTMA, that's treated fairly unfavorably when it comes to um, financial aid. Because if the child has, let's say, $100 in their name, the uh, Department of Education might assume that about $35 of that is available to pay for tuition. Where if it's in the name of the parent, they might consider anywhere from zero dollars of that to you know maybe seven or eight dollars of it. So still much less than what they could. So if you're a family that based on your income uh, and assets is likely to qualify for need-based financial aid, you may want to avoid something like the UTMA as a method of saving for college. And you might want to stick with the money in your own account and or use a 529 or Coverdale, which are both fairly favorably treated for financial aid purposes. Yeah. Very Other cool. questions. Yeah. Man, that's, that's good to know. That's, um, yeah, well, I mean, I think that covers a lot of it. I think that, um, you know, for me, um, even considering, you know, our planning for our kids' future, you know, we have, a, we have 529s and we have, you know, of course we have our own like different savings accounts and that kind of stuff as well. But to know of the different options and the, and to know that the different favorability, especially when it comes to financial aid, that's important too. So I think that's, a, those are the kind of things that I think for, for parents to be thinking about, going into the future, okay, so if I want to make sure that, you know, for financial aid purposes, which account is going to be the best option. And, and you, in you, you have something in the little, um, in the document that you sent me, very great point is that there isn't one set thing that works for everybody. So, so doing that due diligence of research, this is just for some informational purposes, but for people to do due diligence and research and, and hey, you know what? Maybe even contact Jim and ask him to take on the account for you. I'm going to help you out with that. But you know, um, it's good. But you know, to to talk about the details and ask him to to give some more information. But um, you know, hey, I thank you, Jim, for this all all the detail. And um, and let me because you sent me the PDF. Am I allowed to share that PDF? Yes, um, please. If you can right? put that in Excellent. the show notes, that'll give kind of just an overview of the, what we talked about. It'll be a grid for each of those four accounts. And I should say, I mean, there's really an unlimited amount of ways to save for colleges. These are just probably the most four common. But I mean, maybe you're saving through a Beanie Baby collection you had years ago. <laughs> that might have not worked out too well for you. But you know, these are just four of the most popular. And I highlight things. But yes, like you said, Bobby, it's important to talk to your financial advisor, tax preparer, um, because not one is the best fits all for everybody. And two, uh, a lot of times people uh, are better off maybe having more than one. And so I've seen people come in and I've actually had to have them stop funding their 529, not because it was a bad investment for them, but they've put way too much money into it. Uh, and it's going to now jeopardize maybe some other tax benefits they might get. So absolutely, it's important to kind of really do your research. And this grid is just more of an educational piece to help you start to 
get a handle on what may make the most sense for you. So feel free to share that with your listeners. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks a lot. And yeah, he's right. I'm going to put that PDF in the show notes. You're going to be able to see some options and the four options and you'll be able, and like I said, you can contact Jim, um, you can connect with him. Uh, you can um, go on to uh, the phase three advisory website. Am I correct on that? Yep. And, which I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and you can connect with him there. You can even connect with him on uh, LinkedIn as well. He's there. So you can, um, but hey, Jim, thank you for your advice. Thank you for uh, answering these questions. And next month we'll be back with, with other questions that, that the dads ask. So um, Great. I'm, I'm excited. Great. If I may just say one more thing. Um, yes. I am, uh, I do need to plug my, uh, uh, that I am a registered investment advisor with Facer Advisory Services and a registered representative with Royal Alliance Associates. My uh, information is in that sheet that I shared. So you've got all the contact information there if you want to give me a call or shoot me an email. So thanks so much thanks. for having me, Bobby. Look forward to uh, next month. Excellent. I, can't, I cannot wait. And again, I appreciate you taking time to be a part of this with us here on Being a Dad on Purpose. So thanks Absolutely. again. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, hey, thanks again, Jim, for that um, information around, um, you know, funding college is always important. But now it's time for us to talk about Valentine's Day. That's right. Valentine's Day comes up this weekend. Just in case you didn't know, you have like two days because this is going up on Friday. So you have two days. Yep. Two days to go ahead and uh, get your Valentine's Day gift figured out. But hey, um, you know, let's talk about it. Because some people are in the, the whole thing of, uh, I'm not going to take part in this. It's just a Hallmark holiday. I'm not, and I get it. I get it. Um, in fact, I kind of hold that same view sometimes, right? Where it's like, okay, really paying crazy amount of money on chocolates, paying a crazy amount of money on cards, paying a crazy amount of money on flowers, all that stuff. I get it. But let's talk about why it's important to still be involved in Valentine's Day or just involved in sharing love or affection toward your spouse, toward your girlfriend, toward your, the mother of your child, um, if you have a good relationship in that way, um, and to also a little bit about sharing it with your daughter. So we're going to be talking about that here today. So hopefully you're ready for that because it's going to be fun. So we'll hold on tight. All right, so we are back, going to be talking about Valentine's Day. So um, our daughters, let's talk about that first. Why is it important for our daughters to understand what Valentine's about? So I am actually going to be buying my daughter a card, and I'm going to get her something sweet, you know, to kind of just say, hey, happy Valentine's Day. Um, because as her dad, I'm wanting to demonstrate to her what it looks like and what it means to have a good um, relationship with somebody when somebody shares affection with you and someone shows that they love you um, not meaning they have to buy you stuff but at least to let her know that she's special let her know that she's valued that she is appreciated that i see her as being something worth doing something for um, my wife and i have always said that we're never doing anything for valentine's day i've done stuff for her in the past and she's like we told we said we weren't gonna do it and i said but i wasn't gonna fall for the don't worry about it i don't need anything thing but in reality you know we both very rarely ever do anything for valentine's day um, but what i do like to do though 
is I do special things for her throughout the year. Every single day, practically, I try to do something special for her. One thing I love doing for her, I wake up in the morning and I love making her tea because she loves tea. And I love to make her her tea before she has to go to work or before she has to do something like that. So I try to do things like that to, to encourage her, to let her know that, hey, look, I still you know, this is a special thing for me to give to you. And sometimes she makes her tea and I get pretty frustrated with that because I'm like, this is my thing. You're taking it away. But I do that. Um, you know, uh, a special note, a text, a um, even even throughout the time, like maybe a nice little gift just because those are important things to be doing. Valentine's Day is just a day that is recognized as a day of love. So of course you want to do something to kind of show that. But but you want to make sure that you're demonstrating why they're special to you. Show something, right? It doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, how cool is it when they get so excited when like we, we just clean, <laughs> take some time to clean the house, take some time to, to um, I don't know, clean their car, massage their back, right? Um, it's important to take those steps to do something kind and loving to remind them of why they're special. That's what Valentine's Day is for, to remind people why they're so special to you. Your daughters want to see that. If you have a daughter, your sons. I mean, you know, if you want to show that you love your sons, get them something too, because you know what? They need to know what Valentine's Day is about. They need to know why they're special. They need to be told that they're special. Take time. Sharing that somebody is special to you is, is important. Hallmark holiday or no, no Hallmark holiday, it's just important to do it. So here's some little things that I'm gonna encourage you to think about. One, just make sure that you say you love the person, right? Make sure you tell them how special they are to you. Make sure you tell them that you really care about them. Make sure you tell them why. Don't just say, hey, I love you. Tell them why. Take some time on Sunday to tell them why you love them, why they're special to you, why you value them. If you have a daughter, pull her aside and say, I think you're special because A, B, C, and D. I have a thing that I tell my daughter all the time. I, I tell her, look, like, I love you. You're a big girl. You're brave. You're smart. And you're strong. And I give her little hand motions to do with it. And when I do that with her, I say, I say remember, you're, you're brave, you're smart, and you're strong. And, and I say, like, remember that, recite that with me. And she says it. And now it's like whenever she does it, she's like, sometimes I'll, I'll see that she gets nervous and she says, I'm a big girl, I'm brave, I'm smart, and I'm strong. And then she does it, right? She, she has it in her mind now, these things. But I've told her, this is why she's special to me, because I see something in her. I see something valuable in her, and I try to encourage that and empower her and, and, and hopefully get her to a point where she trusts herself and she feels like she has the ability to do something. My sons, they, they, I, I give them all songs. I tell them all sorts of things. I always tell them they're going to do great things someday. I even say that to my daughter too. But like I have special things I say to them throughout the year, right? I won't wait for Valentine's Day. I have to do it throughout the year. But I'm just going to encourage you and challenge you that on this Valentine's Day, take some time to pull them aside and tell them why they're special to you, why you love them, why you love being their dad so much why you, you feel so great being their dad and how important they make you feel and why you wanna make them feel important. It's so good and it's so wonderful for them because again, something in them is, is lifted up. They are encouraged. They, again, find value. They feel appreciated. 
and they know that their dad notices them. They know that their dad listens to them. They know that their dad values them and appreciates them. And he gave them a reason. It isn't just words. It's like he gave them a reason to, to, to why he says he loves them. And for your spouse, for your girlfriend, for your, the mother of your child, whatever you want to do, you take some time just to tell them how important they are for being great moms, right? Because even if you're not together with them, to let them know like, hey, look, I see what you're doing with our kids and, and I want to let you know I appreciate it. I want to let you know I value it. I want to let you know that really, honestly, I believe even if you and I aren't together anymore, even if you and I aren't really working out, um, I want to let you know I see what you're doing with our kids. And I want to let you know I value that and I appreciate that. That's all you have to do. You don't have to make up with them. You don't have to get back together with them. You just have to say, I appreciate what you're doing with our kids and I see value in it. Thank you. Now your girlfriend or your wife, you might want to do a little bit more than that. Tell them that you value them. See what you, let them know what you see. Let them know what you've noticed. Express that to them, but go a little bit further, right? Do something, do something, hug them. Sit down and watch a show that they've been wanting to watch that maybe you haven't really wanted to watch because it's like too whatever, um, but sit with them, watch it. You know that they're reading a certain book, ask them about the book, engage with them in conversation. Put your phone down, look them in the eye and engage in conversation. Share some of your hopes and dreams with them. Listen to them about their hopes and dreams. Again, Valentine's Day is about expressing value and love. And when you listen and you engage and you are participating in conversation, you're showing some value and you're showing some love and you're showing that you appreciate who they are. Just take those times, take this time to do that. I know, I know, Hallmark holiday, I get it, but do something, please. I, I just, I'm, I'm challenging you, I'm encouraging you as a dad, do something for your kids, do something for the mother of your child. Whether you're with them or not, take some time to show some appreciation. It'll go a long way, right? When, when you show appreciation, appreciation to the mother of your child that you may not be with anymore, maybe it'll ease up some tension that might be there. When you show some appreciation to your girlfriend or to your spouse, can you do that? Let's just face it. Good things always come out of that, right? And one of the good things might be the child you're holding. <laughs> so there you go, right? It's a, that's where it goes. So Valentine's Day, take some time, share some love, share some appreciation, but don't just settle on this day, right? Don't just settle on this day. Find ways to do it throughout the year. So that way Valentine's Day is still special, but they know that they're special throughout the year. And that's what's important. So there you go. That's a part of, a part of being a dad on purpose, right? Because it's, it's all levels. And remember, we're not here to be the best dads in the world. We're just here to be the best dads for our kids right now. Enjoy that. So I'm your host, Bobby Benavides. Thank you for listening to Being a Dad on Purpose. Again, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what you've been hearing on it, um, you know, like it, share it comment um, because the more ears going into this, the more, the more dads that are involved in this conversation, the better. Cause I love to know that, um, you know, we're in this together, we're partnering in this together. So we're on this journey trying to figure out how to be the best dads for our kids right now. That's the thing, right? That's being a dad on purpose. So again, uh, I want to thank Jim uh, Yuren for joining us earlier to talk about um, his 
you know, giving us insight into investing in college and uh, his financial wisdom. So we'll be hearing back from him next month on some other topics. So if you have anything that you want to know about, send me an email at uh, beingadadonpurpose at gmail.com or on Facebook. You can join the Facebook group and send questions there. Uh, but again, with that, thank you for listening to Being a Dad on Purpose. I appreciate you. Go and be a dad. Have a good day. Bye.